0: welcome back to the program as we continue to uh, talk here and we've got a very special guest that is going to join us and it's something that is starting to become more prevalent in the news we're starting to see more and more news stories coming out about people's welfare as far as being in the lockdown situation for the last couple months and we're starting to see uh, a focus more on mental health issues starting to come out and uh, and joining us is dr irene Yemajin from the Hillside Wellness Center. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She actually founded Hillside Wellness. It's a nonprofit in Sherman Oaks. She has a doctorate in clinical psychology from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, and she has some expertise kind of in this area that we want to draw upon. And Dr. Irene, we appreciate your time, and we uh, thank you for joining us here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It's it's really a pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: Now, one one of the things that we've kind of noticed in the news is this increase in awareness on mental health. There's been an increase, at least according to some news articles and some research done. Uh, alcohol consumption has gone up since we've been in the lockdown. We've had uh, maybe domestic violence issues. We've had suicide rates gone up. And as we begin to reopen society, a lot of people are going to be coming out of this lockdown, possibly with some some anxiety and some fears. And so I thought we could just touch on that. And And I guess my first question to you would be, since we've been on lockdown for the last couple of months, and we start to reopen, is there anything that we should do as far as expectations on ourselves to know that, hey, we were locked down for two months, we might not be the same person we were two months ago, and reintroduce ourselves to society might be a little different than what we're accustomed to, especially when they have this so-called new normal coming to us? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I think this new normal is as new as you kind of make it to be for yourself. Um, The world, when it comes to anxiety, it seems like anxiety levels are very different for different people, depending on how they perceive everything that's been happening in the world. And, you know, just normally how they generally deal with anxiety. So a few things I wanted to kind of touch upon, which you said, which are really, really important is the alcohol consumption, suicide rates, domestic violence. Um, and I also wanted to add a little bit of, um, you know, child abuse and, and abuse just in general that has increased in the past two months that not enough people are actually talking about. Um, so the alcohol consumption, uh, yes, it has actually gone up in a lot of, so we have about 150 patients at Hillside and we've seen an increase for about 30 to 40% when it comes to alcohol use um, and just generally working with people. Um, Now, whether they're bored, or they actually are able to enjoy their glass of wine or beer, because they don't have to work the next day. um, You know, that kind of varies. But uh, I think that when someone doesn't have good coping skills, and substance is something that they have turned to in the past, this is definitely a very vulnerable time for them, it can be a very vulnerable time for them. And this, you know as I like to say the idle mind is a devil's playground so when you don't have much to do you're probably going to turn to your um, non-healthy habits that you might have had Uh, so alcohol use and um, just kind of use of substances has increased a bit uh, which we're of course trying to always teach people you know you don't self-medicate make sure to go to therapy make sure to work on your body, exercise as much as you can so that you have some sort of an outlet. But because of the anxiety levels being so high, I think people are just trying to kind of go to the easiest thing possible, whether it's in their refrigerator or their, you know, cabinet to kind of get some sort of relief. Uh, When it comes to suicide, a lot of people, again, are not talking about suicide, which is a bit worrying for us in the mental health field. And reason being is because um, a lot of the people that in the general public, suicidality has actually gone up. Ideation, and what that means is basically suicidal thoughts in a general person. Um, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to have a career? Especially people who, um, like teens that are graduating high school, not having a graduation. Um, not knowing what's going to happen if they're actually going to be going to college and that vulnerable time in their life where they're transitioning into becoming an adult. And now this hits them. So they're already vulnerable. They already don't have the best coping skills and throw in an entire world pandemic where no one's really giving you an answer to anything. That definitely has given us a nice little spike sadly in, um, you know, just a lot of teens and a lot of young adults just very confused, asking what is the point of everything, what's going to happen, and feeling like they were the generation that has, you know, just been, as far as my language, screwed, you know, Uh, because typically you graduate college, high school, you have a, you you know, this path that you're going on, and, and it's really exciting. And for most of the youth and most of the younger adults, not very exciting right now it's actually really sad because it's not like they can go out and get a job so a lot of questioning their life and what the purpose is is happening um and when it comes to uh, domestic violence and uh, child abuse another part that not enough people are talking about so a lot of times i'm pretty sure you've probably seen it on my instagram page where i have this post that i made and i wrote domestic violence um, child abuse, it's not safe for everybody at home, because everybody's just saying, you know, it's safer at home, it's safer at home, and no one is talking about the women and the men and, you know, the spouses and the children who are not safe at home, because they might have that, uh, you know, parent who does struggle with some sort of substance abuse or with the alcoholism, they lost their job, they're already angry, they're turning to alcohol, now they're even more angry, and they and children have nowhere to go. And everybody's just kind of ignoring this, which is really sad. So the children that we work with, actually, our reporting to BCFS has increased about 15 to 20%, which is not, you know, it's actually huge. When you look at, you know, we only have 150 patients, that's a lot. Um, So it's really important to understand that there's help out there. This is why at Hillside we were doing free therapy for April. You know, now it's $25 to get session. Groups are all free. So the reason why we did that is because we want parents and we want children, we want teenagers to know that they can turn to somebody that can actually help them. There's so much support out there. But if not enough people are talking about it, people are actually, they might actually also be afraid of even getting help. Um, So... It's really important to keep in mind when we go out into the world, uh, the new normal per se, whatever that is for people, you have to kind of figure out what your new normal is going to be, whether, you know, you are going to be going back to work if you had a job where you got laid off, what's going to happen next, or you are, you know, in a house where there is domestic violence or abuse. Um, It's really important to understand that, you know, let's say we go to the grocery store, we forget our masks. Don't forget that people are going through their own struggle and we don't know what they're going through. So if they forgot their mask or if they're doing something that to you isn't right, to really be kind and to really just kind of worry about yourself. You know what I mean? You know, we're not the police. We shouldn't be policing other people. We really have to remind ourselves to be mindful and know that we don't know what's happening in these people's homes. And we need to be mindful, we need to be kind, and we need to just worry about ourselves and make sure we are doing the right thing in our life. And that way, you know, we don't add more frustration to people's lives than we already have been added.
0: Yeah, two powerful words, actually, there. Be kind. It's uh, something that sometimes we often forget about because, you know, we get too wrapped up in our own selves. I mean, there's so much that you mentioned there. It almost seems like this whole thing that we're going through is almost overwhelming with all the issues. I mean, I didn't even think about the the children as far as the issues that they go through and and even, you know, single parents and people that lost their jobs. Um, I guess with all that that you said, I guess what would be something you mentioned getting help and you mentioned people don't want to get help or maybe they don't know how to, maybe they don't know what the approach is. If, if someone is out there thinking, you know what, I'm going through some of these things that are being described here and I really want help, obviously they can reach out to you, but but they're hesitant too. Is there anything that you could say to encourage them to just be like, you know what, you got to take the steps uh, to get help and to, and to reach out because it can get better with help and you don't have to go through this alone?
1: Absolutely. I think one of the main, main things that is constantly coming up with everyone, and I'm sure you've even maybe felt it or heard it from your own friends and family, is the word isolation. So, you know, people are feeling isolated. People are feeling lonely. People are feeling alone and bored, per se. Um, So when you're isolated, the one thing that you're really craving for and all humans crave this is connection with other humans. Thankfully, we have Zoom and FaceTime and all these wonderful things on our computers and our phones that are right in our hands. Um, And these days, you don't even need to leave your house because Hillside and other therapists, we're doing therapy via Zoom, FaceTime, over the phone. We are making it as convenient as possible and as affordable as we possibly can. So, yes, I think one, one thing you said is very important. You said the person kind of has to reach out themselves. We can't force anybody to get help. You know, but if you're out there, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling isolated, you feel like, you know, you would like to reach out for help or you don't know how to, um, it's really, really important for you to know that, first of all, there is help, number one. Number two, um, the help that is out there, you know, you can simply go on certain websites like Psychology Stay or go on Instagram, put in hashtag therapy, go online here, you know, in your area and write, you know, therapy services that are affordable. It's really, we have, everything is so easy for us these days. We just need to literally just type it into a computer (laughs) or our phone. Um, And we know that, you know, everybody is literally on their phones these days because, you know, that's how people are communicating to one another. That's how people are getting their information. So I think one word of encouragement would be give yourself a chance. You know, give yourself a chance. Um, don't be so hard on yourself that you're asking for help. It does not mean that you're weak. It doesn't make you a bad person, a bad mother or a bad father or a bad son or daughter. You're not a bad person. You're not a weak person for asking for help, especially during times like this, when, you know, there is so much help out there. It's so, so essential that you um, are able to just kind of break out of your shell and ask for the help that you need and the support that you might need right now and even though sometimes people will call us and say I don't know I just want to try therapy because you know I haven't tried it and now I'm since I'm at home I'm getting to know myself better I'm feeling a little isolated I just need someone to talk to and we say okay there's always something that's going to come up for you because the therapist is trained to guide you um, and to help you you know learn about yourself and to really process things in a very symbolic and different way than if you were to be talking to your friends. So really just kind of understanding to give yourself a chance and to allow yourself, you know, I always say give yourself about between five to eight sessions with a therapist and see how you feel and see what comes up for you. All of the feelings that come up for you in a session are very, very valid and very important. And Um, the help is out there. It's just really in your hands to kind of get out of your own way and ask for the help you need and and remind yourself that you're not weak for asking for help.
0: Dr. Irene is with us. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of Hillside Wellness. You can find them online at hillsidewellness.org. And, one of the things I guess, well, like you mentioned, you know, help is virtue at our fingertips, but you mentioned online. And I know that some people I talk to and and posts that I see, there's this anxiety and there's this fear because we're inundated with all kinds of information. You've got maskers versus non-maskers. You've got stay-at-homers versus non-stay-at-homers. I mean, you have essentials versus non-essentials. Everybody's being labeled. Everybody's being put in categories. Yeah. And, And we're hearing all this information, what's true, what's not true. And builds fear in people. They don't know what to do. How can we kind of manage the information or what should we do to manage the information so that we don't work up this anxiety that might be unnecessary because we're getting false information, you know, versus that whole bickering back and forth with friends and other people online? You know, how would you address that?
1: You know, I don't know. I recently actually deleted my Facebook because of that (laughs) because I just saw so much bullying and so much... Um, you know, so many people just being unkind to one another, again, it really goes back to everyone has their own opinion, they have their own thoughts, they have their own feelings, they have their own perception. I think it's really important to check in with yourself. And especially since now, what I've also seen is a lot of my patients um, have gotten into politics all of a sudden, you know, Um, and one that didn't really even you know, dabble in any kind of politics, they didn't care. But when you have Governor Newsom constantly giving you a report twice a day and you're, you know, the mayor of the city and and so forth, you, you, you can't help it but kind of go, oh, this is our mayor, this is our governor. Oh, this is, you know, the president, what is he saying? So it's very natural for us to kind of, you know, that go towards, you know, what's happening in the world. And once you get into politics or religion, two things that we try to really be very careful when we're talking to people. Reason being is because this is two very sensitive topics that come up. And so right now, I personally believe that every human being is essential, whether you're a doctor, or you work at a grocery store, or you are working at Hulu, or you're a stay at home mom, whatever it is that you do, you are essential. Um, Essential is, you know, I mean, I think that one of the confusions that's happening right now is that Certain people are using the word "quote essential" and labeling, you know, certain people who are doing essential jobs, um, like doctors and 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 therapists, and um, you know anybody in the healthcare uh, industry. Or actually, I haven't yet. Actually, I have not heard therapists be essential, which is very interesting. But um, you know, grocery store workers, you know, and so forth. But a lot of times, people are getting offended because they're saying, "Well, I'm essential," you know, I. Uh, I'm a caregiver to older, you know, uh, to older people who are sick. And and now, you know, let's say certain things are cut or they're not even able to go and take care of the person that they were taking care of. They have to go on state disability or they have to go on unemployment. Um, Don't get too attached to the label. So uh, it's really important that whatever you're hearing to allow yourself to step back and to digest. And if you don't understand something, don't judge it. You know, um, I, I always remind my friends and I remind the people around me and sometimes my patients and sometimes myself, you know, even as a therapist, we're human. So if we don't understand something, we can't judge it. And if we have our own perception, that's nice, but I, it's important to have your own perception of things. But I think what's happening right now is actually I'm seeing a lot of families breaking apart because of their own opinions that they have and people are afraid to speak up whether it's you know whether it's something that's their opinion or something they learned or something that they think um i always like to say if you have something you know negative don't don't bully people people are already under enough stress so don't bully them again be kind and check in with yourself before you're trying to teach someone else a lesson Um, Make sure you actually know what you're talking about before you put stuff out on social media, which then spreads like, you know, faster than the coronavirus. (laughs) You put something on social media, it's out there. Millions of people see it, you know? So it's really important to learn about what you're hearing, really take it in, see if you're understanding it, do your own research, um, and don't get so attached to labels. So if you feel like your job is essential, you know, it is essential to you. You're essential. Um, I guess like I was, I mean, I want to kind of ask you on what, you know what comes up for you when you heard the word essential was that something that you kind of dealt with too you don't mind answering yeah
0: Yeah. so so for me it was interesting because I'm always a pretty confident person anyways whether I'm in my job or not and so my work Mm -hmm. employment has changed because of this Uh, my contract uh, at the place I was working which is an education place ran out and and because of this they decided not to renew it because you know I teach kind of a technical thing and with the campuses closing I'm wasn't, it wasn't going to be working for me uh, because how can you teach something, you know, on, uh, a hands-on techno thing through Zoom? It's kind of hard to do that. So anyway, so I kind of yeah. got uh, deemed kind of non-essential. And so for me, at first, it was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? But then I realized that for me, my identity isn't in my job. It's in who I am. And so then I started to think, what are some other ways that I can maybe try to be an impact or, or help others? And so I started to work with some people kind of one-on-one over the uh, computer, the phone, things like that. And then I started to think, how can I help people? And that's why, for example, this interview, I decided to maybe do some interviews and, and reach out to, to like you, for example, to talk to people and hope to spread the message of how can we help others, in this time of need, because like you said, everybody's essential, whether your job is deemed essential or not, you as a person is essential, and that you need to Mm -hmm. kind of have that value kind of, like you mentioned, you know, have someone kind of encourage you to be like, you know what, you are someone of importance, just because your job might be deemed non-essential by the government you guys stay home you're still very important and you're still significant to your family which is kind of interesting what you said that families break down when really because of some of the stuff that's going on but really we need to band together especially with families because that's where we get our our strong you know our strongest bond and our strongest reliability should be with family and um and so I find that interesting but for me it was just kind of at first maybe a first couple you know moments of like what am I going to do and then Because just for me personally, I'm kind of more confident in myself. I decided to try to see how I can use this for a better good. And thus where Mm -hmm. we're at here today.
1: Yeah, I think that what you're saying is so important. And we always look at, you know, a mind, a healthy mind is really based off of how you deal with change and how you adapt to change. So, you know, reminding yourself, okay, well, I can't do what I was getting paid to do. You know, thank God there's some sort of you know uh, unemployment or something I can rely on. However, what are some things that I wanted to do um, that I never had the chance to? And so then you know you kind of take that and, and you kind of break through that. So that's uh, that's essential in your case. So, but I think when we look at the people who you know are talking like in politics and the news and so forth, they're very um, they have to label because that's the way that they're going to really kind of break things down and put people into groups because they kind of have to, I guess. Um, but that's the way that they're going to identify, you know, what kinds of jobs are essential. That's why they're able to work and that's why they remain open as opposed to what jobs that they don't consider essential. Um, and it's, yeah, I guess it's in their hands regardless, you know, whether things are staying open or closed and which affects people because everybody is essential in the work they do. When we open up, if we don't have people working at a regular clothing store, we won't be able to go to that clothing store. You know, they're not saving lives, but they don't have employees. We won't be able to go. So if you want to open up your perspective and look at it that way, you can definitely, but then what's going to happen is you're just going to kind of, you know, there's the argument of I'm important too. And it's not about you're not important. Um, if you don't have the quote essential job, it's just about right now, you know, the states and our country just figuring out, you know, who needs to work and who does not really need to go into work. And, and that's just what they named it is essential and non-essential job.
0: You, you mentioned clothing stores. And I want to ask you this. First, we're talking with Dr. Irene. She's a licensed, uh, licensed marriage and thera- uh, family therapist. And uh, she's at Hillside Wellness. She's the founder of Hillside Wellness. You can find them online at hillsidewellness.org. Now, you mentioned clothing, clothing stores. And one of the things I've kind of noticed that's becoming a a, a theme on social media and people I talk to is self-esteem appearances. Um, obviously the way we look, we're coming out of two months of, of, of lockdown, uh, hair salons, nail salons, you know, places of beauty that make us feel good have been closed down and no one has been able to go out and get their, uh, hair done and their nails done and, you know, things like that. And so there might be this idea as we starting to open up again of people coming out of lockdown, quarantine, hibernation. Uh, maybe not with the physical appearance that they once had. I know for me, I spent uh, much of 2019 moving into 2020 losing a lot of weight, and I've gained some of it back just because I haven't been able to do what I used to do. And I started thinking about it, and I'd be like, man, that's kind of depressing. I put all this work into losing weight, and I've gained some of it back. But then my mindset turned to, well, I'll just do it again. It's, going to be, it's not going to be easy, but I'm just going to do it again and get that weight back off once things open up and I can start getting back into my routine. How should we approach our self-esteem opening things up and getting back out there and thinking that maybe I've gained some weight. Maybe my hair isn't the same as it used to be. Maybe I'm not as beautiful as I once was. You know, Some of those thoughts. How can we battle self-esteem issues going into now kind of a reopening of society?
1: That's a really, really good question, and that's such a important things to focus on I think one of the things that helps people is that when they're going through something it makes them feel better to know that other people are going through similar things and so this is why we have our support group you know if you feel like you know uh, if you feel down and you feel like you're the only one in the world who feels down it's going to make you feel more down but when you realize that other people also feel down and they can really you know they're going through similar issues it's not probably exactly the same Um, It makes you feel good and it makes you feel like you're not alone. And so, um, you know, going to the beach and going back out, your hair is not done. These are things that we can change. And we have to remember that they're not set in stone. Your weight is not set in stone. Your hair is not set in stone. Your physical appearance is not set in stone. So, you know, you can definitely change these things and that it's temporary. It's not always going to be like this. Um, and if we can just remind ourselves those things that it's temporary and we can change it, um, I think it would really kind of uh, snap us out of falling into a further depression and having anxiety of people seeing us after them not having seen us for some time.
0: Yeah, because it's 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 people. I guess they don't really when things are going good, the little things. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, okay, because I know know I've mentioned it before uh, or people have mentioned it before. Oh, you know, I think I might go get a mani-pedi this weekend. And, oh, I didn't get a chance to do that. No big deal. Oh, my nails aren't looking that great. So when things are going good, sometimes those little things, don't really affect us as much. But then when Mm -hmm. things are kind of in times of trial and difficulty, some of those little things just compound and the little, these little things compound one on top of each each other. And then it becomes like a bigger deal. So every little thing we look in the mirror and we don't like the way we look, we look in the mirror, and we don't like the color of our hair because maybe it's a little grayer than what we thought uh, because we like to color it. Or maybe um, we don't have a haircut. Even even for guys, you know, beards and things like that. I remember a couple of years ago I had kind of a longer beard and I put a lot of time and effort into it. And then it started to look bad, so I shaved it. Um, but 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 it takes care and effort. And when we don't get to do that and it starts to look bad, it starts to kind of uh, mess with us because we think that we're not looking good. And when we look good and we feel good about ourselves, then our perspectives on life is going to be different, I think.
1: Totally. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I've seen it both in men and women, you know men start wearing more caps because they can't cut their hair women you know putting their hair back and just I think I think what you said is very important and it's very very valid where you know our physical appearance especially in our culture and the times we live in our physical appearance has a lot as a huge impact on uh, you know how we feel about ourselves Um, but again just kind of you know, going back to, yes, these are little things that we used to do that we were just in the routine of, oh, I got to go get my nails done, my hair done, you know, got to get a haircut. And now we're not really able to do it, even though soon we will be able to do it, which would be nice. Um, We haven't been able to do it for the past uh, two months, which is about, you know, what is it, like 60 days or so, maybe give or take a little bit more um but these are things that we can go back to and change so just kind of reminding yourself you know this is temporary right now i know i look like a mess um but you know what once this is done like i'm going to get back to it uh, i'm going to go get my hair cut you know kind of excite yourself for these things the thing is also what comes up is that right now there are little things that you can do you know um that can make you feel good for instance you know whether it's women doing a little bit of a mask, taking, you know, letting your hair grow out so it becomes more healthy. So when you do get it dyed, you know, you're not frying it all the time. I mean, again, it really comes down to the perspective that we have of what we're going through. Um, So it's so important that, you know, and this is one of the things that we teach our patients is that it's so important as to how you talk to yourself and how you are actually looking at what's going on in your life. You can really look at it in a super negative way and just do like, oh, like, I feel like, you know, I've gained so much weight, I feel disgusting, and my hair is all over the place, that's why I'm going to be a total, you know, a-hole and just be irritable, and just you could, you could take it that route, or you could say, oh, well, my hair has grown out, so has all my friends, you know, it's not like I can go do it and I'm not, it's just like, I can't, you know, and I can't wait till my hair gets healthy, and I can go diet, and I can't wait to go do this and that, it's really the way you look at it, so realizing that bringing yourself back to reality and not getting caught up in your head where the self-esteem um, is really, really affected is in your mind, right? You think you look good. So it makes you feel good. Um, just because you think you look good, somebody else might not think you look good, right? But because you think you look good, you automatically feel good. Um, and so do little things that you can do right now um, to make you feel good uh so whether again whether that is you know putting a face mask on as you're a woman men you know working out in your backyard taking jogging you know doing those things to to do your best i think that's actually what i want to kind of put out there is everyone's doing the best they can right now and you can only do what you can right now and reminding yourself is temporary we'll go back to it
0: and don't be an a-hole i like that be kind, be, be kind and don't be an a-hole. Those are the two things. If you don't get anything else from this, be kind and don't be an a-hole. That's it right there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, if everybody could be kind and not be an a-hole, we would be living in a better
0: exactly. world. <laughs> okay. So um, just for those that, um, so we've kind of been discussing a lot of things about kind of the issues we've been going through with mental health and with anxiety, depression, self-esteem, things like that. And we're talking with Dr. Irene, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Hillside Wellness. At hillsidewellness.org, are there signs that we could be looking for if a neighbor, a family member, a friend, if they're going through things? Because a lot of times we might think people are doing okay, but maybe they're really not. Is there any signs or anything that we could be looking for in the people around us that would give us a, a tip as to whether or not we should reach out and help them, or maybe we should see about taking them someplace or intervening? Um, you know, in this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things to look out for is people isolating themselves deliberately. So I know it's already an isolating time right now, but if you haven't heard from your friend in the past two months, you should probably try calling them, you know? It's very simple. Shoot them a text. Call them. FaceTime them. Uh, Check in with your friends. Check in with children. Check in with teenagers. Check in with, you know, the older adults. So, you know, if you think about them, it literally takes a minute, less than a minute, like a few seconds to, you know, send a text just saying, hey, I hope you're doing well. You want to FaceTime some time or anything like that. If you feel like you haven't heard from someone in a while, reach out to them if they matter to you. It's really important. Another one is if you see someone who's partying a little too much right now. um, Again, it goes back to, you know, alcohol and, and, and substance use and so forth. So really just kind of, I'm not saying, you know, police them and just watch their Instagram and everything they're doing, not like that. But if you see, you know, um, every time you're FaceTiming with them, you know, they have alcohol or every time, you know, you you're talking to them, you know, they're drunk or something like that. So really just kind of pointing out, hey, like, are you doing okay? You weren't drinking so much before. Like, how are you doing mentally? Asking someone, how are you? And actually meaning it is such a magical experience. It's a, it's a process that not a lot of people realize how powerful it is because most people will just ask, How are you? And it's almost like, I'm okay. And that's about it. But really, truly asking someone, How are you? Um, I just want to check in on you to see how you're doing and let them talk instead of cutting them off and retelling them how you're doing or how awful your life is going. Um, is really, really nice. Now, you know, don't be a therapist, you know, it's, it's, you don't need to be, but just being a friend or being the, an, a good family member and asking someone, how are you doing? Just, I've just been thinking about you. Um, if they've been isolating or if you feel like they've been, you know, drinking too much or, or you, um, anything, you know, even if you just think about them, you're not really worried, but you just think about them, just reach out. It's really important. Um, pay attention to teenagers right now who are online a little bit too much because, uh, you know, most of what's happening right now, I have my nephew living with me right now until about August and he's done with school and now he's just like online and playing video games all day long. And I tell him, I say, go outside, let's go take a walk, talk to a friend, like do other things because they get and their sleeping patterns is all off and so forth. So it's really important to remind teenagers, you know, that they need to go get sun you know, to take a walk, to call a friend, meaning like FaceTiming a friend, Um, do other things that are physical, you know, don't get stuck in the house. If you see someone who's stuck in the house, um, and is not leaving, you know, tell them, you know, go go sit outside in your backyard, let's have a FaceTime chat with each other, you know, let's have a cup of coffee, ice cream, I don't know, whatever you want. Uh, But those are really the main things. So I people who are isolating people who are, you know, using substances a little bit too much in your eyes. Um, And also, you know, teenagers who are kind of wrapped up in all the social media and everything that's happening right now.
0: So it sounds like we need to be a little bit more observant maybe than what we've been in the past, maybe be a little bit more proactive and reaching out uh, than we might be. And then listen, you know, like you said, just listen, maybe we're not a, a licensed therapist, but sometimes people just need to vent and maybe we just listen and those could be three keys too that we can take away from this as far as being helpful to others. Um, I know we've just got a couple yeah. more minutes here. Um, can you just remind us the importance of self care just in general as far as taking care of ourselves? And because there's a lot of people, I know moms and dads have been had to had had to be mom and dad. They've had to be teacher. You know, they've had to be daycare person. They've had to be all these different roles now. And then there's people mm-hmm. that are you know anxiety written about, you know, job prospects and, you know, just a bunch of stuff that we get lost and we forget to take care of ourselves. How important is it for self-care to take care of ourselves?
1: Self-care is one of the most important things ever. I work with several moms and that's the one thing that I'm constantly teaching them is putting yourself before everything and yes, even before your child. Um, So it's, I mean, I can just kind of list off five things that I always encourage my patients right now, especially these days. Um, the first one would be to, you know, don't stop doing normal things that really gave you happiness, you know, prior to even all this quarantine stuff. So um, it's really, really important for you to have some sort of normal in your life that you um, that you like, for instance, again, taking walks, going outside, talking to friends um, you know, uh, I don't know, like playing games, whatever it is, like, don't stop doing things that helps you be happy. Um, We can always, you know, if you stop working out, you can work out in your backyard, maybe you don't have everything to work out with, but you can make it work. Um, Another and also remembering that stress is the number one thing that's going to reduce your immune system, make you feel depressed, and it's going to do a lot of harm to your body stress is number one. Um, the next thing I, you know, I always tell my patients is to really allow yourself to just kind of be in whatever you're doing, because there's so much unknown in the world right now. One of the ways that you can take care of yourself is just maybe in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever you have five minutes to yourself, which I know is really hard for a lot of parents to have five minutes for themselves. So we have to make those 5 minutes and it's not sometimes it's and I work I've worked with so many parents so eventually they will all tell you it's not that I don't have it I don't make time for myself so um a simple thing allowing yourself you know to have to get some sun um you know while you're having your coffee outside or you know uh, attending some fitness classes online or something like that you know like making a little bit of time for yourself is so, so important. Um, Another one I would say, uh, oh, this is a big one actually, you know, really reducing reading all these online posts. Um, Most of them, 95% of the thing that's posted online is just negative. You know, you open your Facebook, negative. Instagram, negative. The news, don't even get me started. I don't, everything else is just, everything is so negative. And so introducing some some sort of positivity in your life because there are many things in the world that are happening right now. And we don't even have to look at the world right now, but just generally speaking, there are many things in your life that you can really look at your life and observe and realize that there are many things that are going good in our lives. And so reduce the intake of the toxicity of everything that's happening and Really, just you know, um, allow some sort of a balance. Pay attention to the way you talk to yourself. Pay attention to what you tell yourself. Pay attention to how you talk to other people. Pay attention to what you're reading, watching, and hearing, because those are things. Those three things are what imprints in your mind, your psyche, your unconscious. You might not realize you might go to Seven Eleven and you're not even paying attention to what what they're playing on the radio, but it could be you know some negative thing. Just because you're not listening to what they're saying doesn't mean it's not being imprinted in your mind. We have to really pay attention because we as human beings, we're, spo- we're like a sponge. We suck, you know, we just suck up things into our mind without not realizing how much it affects us. So again, reducing reading online posts, watching the news, scrolling through Instagram, comparing yourself to people that you don't even know that don't even look like the way they look like in their pictures. Um, and then one more thing, you know, really just making sure Another way you take care of yourself is just really making sure that the information that you're getting is uh, valid and it's you know statistically some sort relevant. Uh, don't go on Facebook and read a post in a group and just say, oh, did you know that if you do this, it's not good for your body? Or did you know that? You know, there's so much just drama and so much that's online that doesn't make sense. It's not valid. Um, there are no, there's very, poor or no research done whatsoever of what people are talking about um, and and it just makes you feel judged and and you just you know you really have to talk to your doctor um, re- there's so many articles online you can read and do your own research um, but just go to people that are actually trustworthy uh, rather than getting your information um, of medical advice via Facebook and lastly of course be kind be patient and be assertive so um it's okay. Everyone can have an opinion. Um, and it's okay to have your own opinion, of course. But you know, if, if you're exhausted, and you don't want to do things like, you know, let's say, uh, you know, you've been taking care of the kids all day, or you, I work a lot now. And so I have to be very assertive with, you know, how much time I spend working and how much time I spend with you know, friends online and how much time I spend reading and and so forth. So I'm actually learning how to be assertive with myself (laughs) and saying no to things that are going to eventually burn me out. So, you know, if you get burnt out, or if you're on the verge of burning out, you're not taking care of yourself, you're automatically going to be more vulnerable, you're going to be more sensitive, you're going to be more irritable. And so, you know, just really remember not only to be kind to other people and be patient with other people and be assertive with other people, but really to step back and be kind with yourself, be patient with yourself and be assertive with yourself. Um, And one last thing is I teach my patients all the three G's. I'm pretty sure if you're on my Instagram, you've probably read it like a billion times. I always say, wake up in the morning right before you get out of bed. Name one thing you're grateful for in your life right now, one thing that's going good in your life right now, and one selfish goal you have for today. Um, It takes 30 seconds to do, and that 30 seconds really adds up and really makes you um, practice some mindfulness, Uh, makes you feel better. too.
0: Great advice. And we appreciate your time, Dr. Irene, a licensed marriage and family therapist from uh, from Hillside Wellness online at hillsidewellness.org. She, in fact, is the founder of Hillside Wellness. Is there any other place that uh, people can maybe reach out to you that's maybe more direct, an email or something? Or is the website the best place to go?
1: Yeah. no. So on Instagram, it's at Dr. Irene Ye, And then Hillside Wellness, is. they can always direct message us where it's um, hillside underscore wellness. Our website is actually hillsidewellnesscenter.org. Um, but once you put hillside wellness, it just pops up. My The email address that goes directly to me would be Dr. Irene, which is D R I R E N E, at hillsidewellnesscenter.org. Um, and I'm also on Psychology Today and on uh, Open Path Collective as well. Uh, Just to kind of throw it out there, there's also one other source that I would like for everybody to know, um, aside from Hillside Wellness Center, uh, there is because if you're not living in California, because we are only licensed in California, we can only help patients in California. However, when it comes to all across the state, there is an online resource called Open Path Collective. Which once you go ahead, it's uh once you go ahead and become a member with them, it's like a small fee. Of, I think it's like, I think it's fifty dollars or something like that. But you get a lifetime membership with them, and they go ahead and connect you to therapists who um, charge between about like I think it's like forty to like sixty dollars or something like that. So it's again low fee. Um, I understand that that's also that could be very high for some people, but it's actually you know it's, it's worth it because you constantly have access to therapists. Who, um, who would be able to work with you on a lower fee, and not only in California, but in other states as well.
0: Be kind. Don't be an a-hole. Dr. Irene, thanks so much for your words <laughs> and for your encouragement and Thank for the advice you. too. I mean, like you said, there's a lot out there and it really puts into perspective some of the things that we could be doing to help us and help others around us. We really appreciate your time and your busy schedule. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.
0: And for you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend and we'll talk to you next time.